Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. I wanna to talk to you about Fullscript. Fullscript is a virtual dispensing platform that lets practitioners dispense professional grade supplements and improve patient adherence from anywhere. It has the most comprehensive catalog of products and has adherence tools like refill reminders and auto reorder. It even sends medically reviewed wellness content to your patients. It's simple to use, loaded with features and integrates with you and your patients' day-to-day -day lives. For example, when you write a prescription, it's sent directly to patients via text or email, and when they order supplements, they're shipped right to their door. The best part of it all, it's free. So, to try Fullscript today, if you're considering adding supplements to your treatment plans, check out their comprehensive guides and best practices on how to do it. Visit fullscript.com rocket. That's fullscript.com rocket. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Lester Morales. He is a true consultant in the human capital and employee benefits arena and currently serves as CEO of Next Impact LLC. Focused on innovation and changing the status quo, Next Impact is a full-service employee benefits and human resource marketing and consulting company committed to helping other companies grow and add value to their clients. Before he founded Next Impact, he co-founded Incela, a benefits administration company focused on helping advisors support their clients with ACA compliance. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur, Lester served nearly three years as executive vice president and chief growth officer for Willis's Human Capital Practice, one of the largest insurance brokerages in the world. In this role, Lester led over 200 producers, consultants, and 40-plus offices as part of a $350 million practice. Willis is single largest practice in North America. During a previous eight-year stint at Willis, Lester was consistently among the top five consultants nationally. Between those assignments, Lester served as National Vice President of Sales for HealthStat, a leading provider of worksite clinics and disease management services. Lester is a thought leader in the benefits space, and I had just the opportunity to connect with him before this and his passion for making healthcare more equitable for employers and the employees is palpable. Uh, he's, he's, he's all in, and I'm privileged to have him here on the podcast today. Lester, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So, Lester, uh, before we dive into what you guys do at Next Impact and the quote here on the front of your site, Starbucks spends more on healthcare than they do on coffee. Wow. <laughs> right? We're going to dive into that and what you're, you and your team is doing to help prevent that or turn it around to something more sustainable. Tell us a little bit about what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, most people uh, that end up in the insurance advisory space kind of fall into it. So I, I, mine is I'm doing this on purpose. Uh, I have a very distinct why. Unfortunately, I have been a product of healthcare, health insurance, employee benefits. When I was 16 years old, my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma for your listeners that don't know what that is. That's a cancer of your bone marrow. So I was 16. Dad got diagnosed, bone marrow transplant, chemo, radiation, several years back to back of that. 
unfortunately ends up being that we become a statistic. So 62, 67, depending on which report you uh, read of personal bankruptcies are because of medical reasons. Well, unfortunately, we were part of that statistic. So my parents had to file bankruptcy in order to, you know, make ends meet that they couldn't. And and what's interesting about that is they both had health insurance, uh, both employer based insurance. But, you know, when an out of pocket maximum is 10, 15, 20,000 a year per family, you know, you do that two, three, four years in a row. How many families have extra 30, 40, $50,000 sitting in the bank? You know, when you're trying to send your kids to baseball camp and, you know, get them the new pair of Jordans and all the things that wonderful parents, which I had, you know, two wonderful parents did. So that got me down the road of, uh, you know, interested in understanding the value of health insurance. But it also makes you understand how damn confusing the system is and, and that although you've got insurance, although theoretically that insurance is supposed to be there to support and help, it was it was really more of a hoop jumper and, uh, you know, a, an obstacle overcomer. So um, that got me down the field. And then, you know, the, the last part of really what, what drives me and my why, unfortunately, uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big mama's boy, as, as most Latin men are. Uh, I'm a big mama's boy. And unfortunately, in 2014, my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And, uh, and she passed away uh, August 11th, Sorry, 2017. So, man, I'll tell you, I get up every day fired up to fight for change because I have seen the two most important people of my life pass away from cancer. Uh, the amount of money we spent, uh, the amount of confusion, the amount of just uncertainty and, and hoops that you have to jump in the system just doesn't make sense. And, and so that's, that's what we get up every morning to fight against. Wow. Lester, thank you for just sharing that, first of all. And, you know, a very personal story. And, and it, you know, it's real. And, you know, I appreciate you being, being uh, uh, vulnerable here uh, and, and, and sharing this to help us understand your why and, and what you do. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I don't think that we should be forced to choose between our life savings and our life. And, and the system's broken. And we shouldn't have to, to choose between our company and our employees' health. And it's, a, it's possible to have both. So, so talk to us a little bit about what you and Next Impact, your business, is doing to add value to, to the healthcare ecosystem and in particular employers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, having been on the advisory side at a very large level. So, you know, I worked at Willis in total of uh, 13, you know, years. And the reality of that is we advise some of the largest companies in the world, the third largest insurance consulting firm in the world. And, you know, I figured that route, you know, allows you to make the biggest impact. So, my degrees in risk management insurance. I started this in college. I have done it my entire career. So I'm thinking, all right, I need to get to one of the big companies because that's mm-hmm. where you make the biggest splash. And, you know, I learned very quickly that although a wonderful organization and, and treated me amazing, you know, unfortunately, the best solutions and the quickest way to success and success being defined as, as truly making an impact sometimes isn't coloring inside the lines. Uh, and I know you can appreciate that. And, 
So uh, the only way to color outside the lines is is to make sure that you own your own coloring book. So you know that that's kind of what we did with Next Impact. It all came from being able to see what the difference is, is when you talk about reimbursement for services that are being provided. So if if you think about it, how much does a plan? So you're an employer, you sponsor a plan, so you provide yeah. healthcare coverage for your employees. How do you know how much that knee surgery costs? And I became fixated on that question after having my knee surgery. Mm -hmm. So I was 30 years old. I tore my ACL, MCL, PCL. I'm on a $6,500 deductible. And if you call to the hospital and ask them how much does it cost, they can't tell you. And I became fixated on how... And why, if healthcare, typically a, the second largest expenditure for an employer is such a big number, how does one not tell you how much it costs? And you start to understand how rates are set and the differences between what a hospital takes from Medicare versus what they're billing at. And it's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred percent difference. And you, you become flabbergasted. So I learned about, you know, the structuring and the building of health plans, not using a traditional insurance company. So stepping outside of the PPO contract and using direct contracting, using bundled and cash payments, using reference-based pricing, using some transparent model of reimbursing for services so that we can do the one key word that is completely missing in this very opaque industry, which is transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so and so that that point in time where you had to do your surgery, Lester, you couldn't find the price, and you said this is unacceptable. We need to figure this out. And now there's insight that you're able to provide, you know, your employees, but also the employers that you serve around these health plans that use the direct contracting, just the different methodologies that are different than the traditional ways. Can you, can you share some insights with us uh, about yeah. what some of those tools are and then maybe how, how leveraging those tools and, and, and ways has helped some of your clients? Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you, um, this has been you know, three and a half, four years now uh, of, on this on this journey and it is definitely the sub segment of the world. But when you start thinking about very large employers, Walmart, Amazon, uh, you know, the car manufacturers up in Michigan, they have set up their own arrangements bypassing the insurance company with local healthcare uh, providers. It's interesting. You start seeing on the news, right? Typically around, Christmas time on the years that hospital A and insurance company B are at are ending their four-year, three-year, five-year, whatever it is, contract. And you start to see them have that verbal and or in the news, you know, match here back and forth that the insurance company is trying to not reimburse us. And then the insurance company is claiming, oh my gosh, they bill more than well, when you start to really understand that, you start to realize that. 
the two people, and, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, when people say that the system is broken, you know, I tend to try to correct people and say that the system's not broken. It's designed wrong. It's working quite well the way it's designed. Right. But there is a significant amount of misaligned incentives. So when you think about an insurance company, an insurance company's revenue is what we all call premium. Well, if you're a public company, what is your job? Well, to grow your revenue. Well, right. if revenue equals premium, what's the incentive for an insurance company to lower their premium numbers? Right. Now, expand on that with uh, ACA and the MLR, the minimum loss ratio rule, that now capped how much an insurance company can make. Well, I mean, again, it's just economics 101. If you're capped on the percentage of a dollar you can make from an employer-based plan that is based on good claims experience, well, how do you make more dollars? Well, the only way to make more dollars when you're capped is to charge more. So when you realize that, you have to get out of the system. So what we do is use a more transparent model uh, to be able to build a health plan. So again, still a, a, a employer-sponsored plan where mm -hmm. we use Medicare Plus, we use direct contracting, we use cash payments, we use bundles. Uh, all in all, this is averaging a savings between 18 and 25%. Uh, and, and when I use the word savings, I often joke to say, you know, I made a nice living redefining the word savings, right? I used to go to an employer and say, well, your renewal came out at, you know, 15%, but we got it down to five. We saved you 10%. Well, last time I checked, saving means you're actually paying less in healthcare today than you paid yesterday. And that's truly what it is we're doing. Our clients actually go backwards and spend less on healthcare next year than they're doing this year. How we do that is basically to step out of the networking scenario. So we no longer use um, for the facility-based claims where you're spending 80% of your dollars. So you can think about that. Where do you spend the most amount of money? In the hospital, in mm -hmm. the imaging, the big claims, not the doctor's office claims and those things, but the hospital type claims. So. We make it a win, win, win. For the hospital, we try to use a basis point that we understand how much it costs that hospital to run their business. So typically Medicare or cost data, which is all public data, is available to understand that hospital ABC, you know, needs to make a dollar in order to make this, you know, work. So let's just use Medicare as the basis point. Well, if they make a dollar off of Medicare, well, uh, under a paid PPO scenario, they might be making $4 after the PPO quote unquote discount. What we end up doing is offering that hospital two economic reasons to take a lesser reimbursement. One is speed. So depending on the service provider we're partnering with, some payments are made within 72 hours, but less than 30 days typically to a hospital. Well, time value of money would tell us if you can get paid faster, that's more beneficial for the hospital themselves. The other, and this is where the magic happens, is a hospital tends to spend 
between 30 and 40 cents on the dollar collecting that dollar. So if you can think about it, deductibles continue to go up and up and up, but employee salaries don't go up and up and up. So the burden that is placed on the employees for that $2,000 deductible, that $5,000 deductible means that when they go have that knee surgery, they can't pay that deductible all at once. So what does that mean? That hospital now becomes a collection agency. Mm-hmm. So the reality of it is we have the conversation with the hospital to say, not only will we pay you faster, if you agree to this, we're going to waive the deductible and coinsurance altogether. You're not going to have to chase at all. And we're using both cost and quality data to make those recommendations and conversations with the employees. So the hospital wins because they get paid faster and they don't have to chase. The employee wins because they don't have now an out-of-pocket deductible or coinsurance anymore, and they have an advocate to help them understand where to go, how to shop, how to navigate. And the employer wins because this is providing a better benefit for their employees while saving them a significant amount of money. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes magic of the program. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and um, just working directly with the hospitals to to circumvent the traditional system, are all hospitals willing to do this? So that's a very great question. I would tell you on the surface, yes. Depending on who you talk to at a hospital, no. And and what I mean by that in a very easy way of understanding this is call any hospital today and say, I don't have insurance, but I have cash. How much does an MRI cost? And each hospital has a cash pay price. Well, call back that same hospital and ask them, I'm on a $5,000 deductible with insert carrier here. How much is an MRI? Because I'd like to know how much I'm going to have to pay out of my pocket because I might have an HSA or something. And either one, they won't tell you, which goes back to that opaque, non-transparent conversation we had earlier. But if they tell you the price difference between the cash pay price and what they so-called negotiated with the insurance company is drastically different. So what that tells you is that hospital recognizes the various functions of, you know, how to finance a service, but not always do they want to have that question on a mass, you know, conversation or maybe person that's job is to, you know, do X, Y, Z versus the CFO of that hospital versus the person that's in charge of networking. So it definitely takes some finesse, but in all cases, hospitals already today take a variety of forms of reimbursement and are a variety of, of amounts of those reimbursements for the same service. No, that's great, Lester. Thank you for, for, for offering some insight there. Did you ever find out how much your knee surgery cost? Oh, I use this, uh, I use this example all the time. I appreciate you. <laughs> so, $90,000 of build charges. So if everybody mm-hmm. understands build charges, and I'm going to throw out something that your audience can watch that helped me uh, you know, really teach people this. There is a mockumentary called Adam Ruins Everything. It's on True TV. Adam Ruins Everything has one, Why Hospitals Are So Expensive. I suggest that people go out and watch that because it explains the problem 
perfectly and a very easy way of, uh, of understanding it. But Adam ruins everything. Uh, why hospitals are so expensive. So $90,000 is the build charge. The insurance company allowable. So that difference is their discount was 45,000. So let's say there's a 50% okay. discount there. Well, Medicare reimburses, uh, at 15,700 or something like that. So Medicare reimburses 15,700. The allowable amount, so what the insurance company was going to have to pay for that was 45000 So I had a $5,000 deductible. Mm-hmm. So I pay five, the insurance policy, or because my employer was self-insured, which you need to be in order to get creative, mm-hmm. they paid 40 So my employer pays 40 I pay five. What I know now today and in the plans that we construct, South Tampa Orthopedic, which is a orthopedic surgery center that only does, as the name suggests, orthopedic surgeries, will do that bundled professional charges, anesthesia, the screws that are now in my knees, all together for 19300 Really? So in the programs, if I would have had the surgery in the programs that I now construct, my advocate, my concierge would have instructed me that, hey, did you know? And if you're okay going to that place that only does orthopedic surgeries, that has better results and better success, if you're willing to go there, they're going to waive the deductible and insurance. So I would have saved my 5000 So let's do that math. 19300 plus 5 right? 19 plus 5 to 24. So 24, 3 plus the employer versus the employer's 40. So the plan in that scenario, the employer, let's call it, would have saved 15,000 while allowing, supporting and helping their employee get better health care and have a $5,000 lesser expense, which if your average workforce is making forty, fifty thousand dollars, we're talking about ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty percent of their take-home pay savings. That's a yeah. significant dollar. It is. No, this is great. I, I appreciate you uh, walking us through this, and um, <laughs> you definitely found out. And uh, uh, folks, you uh, in the show notes for today's podcast. I'll make sure to to find the right link for Adam ruins everything. <laughs> the real reason the hospitals are charging you too much or something like that. So Lester, you and I will connect to get that to people. I want to watch that. <laughs> no, it, it's the best, it'll be the best six minutes education that you've watched. I promise. I love it. I love it. Lester, there's no doubt there's ways to work outside of the system uh, with a variety of forms of reimbursement to get a win for everyone. The, everyone involved. And so talk to us about maybe one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced as you've been putting plans together. What was the key learning that came from that that has made you guys better and, and, and just, you know, and maybe uh, just an innovation that came out of it? I would tell you my biggest competition. So I'll personify that question with, I, I hired a new uh, guy in the sales and marketing kind mm-hmm. of team. And uh, I gave him a handful of proposals to review so he can, you know, read and see. And 
asked questions and I wanted to see, you know, how he interpreted things. So he comes, he's like, I'm really confused. We are 15, 20, 25, sometimes 40% less expensive than the choice that they made. I don't get it. How come everybody's not doing this? And so, yeah. you know, I would tell you the, the number one reason that healthcare isn't making more of a progress is the status quo. It is just so significantly easier to do what it is we did yesterday. And yeah. whether that's an insurance advisor who, you know, loves to go play golf with their Blue Cross rep, or, you know, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but, you know, it is what it is where the status quo is super comfortable. I made a significant amount of money being an insurance advisor, and it's a heck of a lot easier to do it the old way than it is the new way. But for me, once you know something, you can't unknow it. And so right. I know right now, we are getting people to higher quality, lower cost healthcare, waiving their deductibles, and back to the conversation we had in the beginning, honoring my why, because you know what that does? That prevents any other family from having to file bankruptcy because of medical issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if that's the last breath I take, being able to go down that road, it's going to be a big deal. So I, I would say my biggest setback has been, um, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a hip hop guy. So there's a term you get high on your own supply. Um, <laughs> I tend to look at our numbers and look at our proposals and be like, why aren't people buying more of this? Like yeah. it's such a no brainer and you forget that there's such an emotional buy, uh, an emotional, you know, thing with healthcare. And so whether it's the trust and the warm and fuzzy you get with that logo that's on the top right corner of your ID card, whether it's just the, well, you know, status quo, whether it's the fear of the person making the recommendation of, Oh my gosh, I've never heard of this before. If I do something wrong, I might get fired. So there's a whole lot of hesitancy and emotion that goes into it. So I would tell you, although my answer to your question is not overly innovative from a sophistication of level, it is from an approach level. Sure. And I, I would tell you the, the, the way we turned it around is by bringing more emotion into the conversation and throwing out the types of people which led me to you. So I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that that was the case, but it's, you know what? Stop trying to chase what is not chaseable. Why don't you just throw out the kinds of people you're trying to do business with, the kind of companies that you want to work with, the kind of, you know, uh, leaders you want to be associated with. Stop trying to chase the ones you don't want to just because, ooh, they have a hundred offices and maybe they might start doing more business with me. And rather gravitate to the people that are going to be your, your wow, your wow clients. And my business coach calls them wow clients. Those are the people that you want to work with. So my innovation or my learning of this is throw out to the universe the things that you're doing and why you're doing it. And the people that really believe in that will naturally find their way to you. And, and honestly, I was listening to the podcast you were on with JLD. And I heard what you were saying. I'm like, this guy I got to meet. And I reached out and cold called you. So that's why we've even met. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Lester. Yeah. I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, when uh, folks, uh, you know, you're listening to this, you have employees, you have a business. 
now's the time. If you if you're curious and you 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 somewhere deep down inside believe that there's a, actually a better way because there is, I would encourage you to definitely look into what Lester and his team are doing. Their website is nextimpactllc.com, but Lester will also show the best way to get in touch with him. If you don't explore new options and get out of the system, you're just going to continue to paying more money than you have to. And, and uh, I would hate to see you do that. Lester, your inspiration and, and all the things that you're doing is making a huge difference. You're, you're helping other people avoid what you and your family went through. And I admire your work for that. Uh, so thank you for, for what you do. Thank you. No, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the same thing you do, man. I mean, again, that's why people that throw out their mission based, uh, and their, and their why, you know, need to be working together. So it's just, that's just the deal. Absolutely. So, so Lester, obviously today is just the, the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, there's so much that we can learn, but you know, as we focus on learning, I always love to, to hear what thought leaders like yourself are, are reading. Can you share a, a book that you would recommend to us? I can. And I'm going to tell you, I have a severe ADD, uh, non-diagnosed, <laughs> just, uh, so the <laughs> part doesn't happen, but the book. <laughs> all the time. So yeah. I've actually bought a set of headphones that are waterproof so I can re- listen to books and, and podcasts like yours while I'm in the shower, while I'm swimming. Oh, cool. so, nice. um, That's pretty but, cool. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the, the, the two that have been my, uh, my, 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 you know, wows lately, mm-hmm. uh, I just finished, uh, Simon Sinek start with why. Yes. Um, and, you know, I never read it before. I was so passionate about my why, but I literally have redone some of the things in our marketing and our conversation and quite honestly have met one on one with every single one of my employees. So they truly understand that, you know, and they did this during the interview process. They understood what my why is, but I really challenged them to understand why their why is and so that they get fired up to do their piece of the bigger puzzle and that our end client isn't necessarily the advisor we might work with or even the employer. It's that end person that's accessing healthcare. It's that human life Mm -hmm. that we are impacting, whether it's saving them money, whether it's giving them a second opinion, whether it's uh, getting their prescription drugs cheaper, whatever it might be. But that's that's our why, that's their why and, and really focus on that. And the other one, that was amazing was never split the difference. Chris Voss. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what that really taught me is when you know your why, when you think and know your value, no, 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 no. This isn't a price conversation. We're right. saving people 20, 25% off of their second largest PL expense. And people are like, Oh, can you do your fee for $10,000? No is the answer because the value that we're adding. And so that just basically means that client doesn't appreciate that value. And and at the end of the day, you become an entrepreneur to not have to work with people you don't want to. And it's such a liberating feeling. I'm sure you could appreciate the same thing, but after working in corporate America for, you know, 15 years, eight, 16 years, I got to tell you, being able to just make a decision that I don't want to work with that guy or gal is, is quite liberating for sure. 
That's awesome. No, I, I, I totally agree, Lester. And some some great recommendations. Never split the difference, and and also the Simon Sinek book. You know, the Never Split the Difference. You guys have probably heard it recommended maybe once or twice before. Hostage uh, negotiator and some of the really impressive ways to to be able to get a as Lester mentioned in this in this podcast a win win win. Uh, so that everybody uh, grows and the pie gets enlarged through the negotiation. Some outstanding recommendations there, my friend. Why don't you just leave us with a closing thought here? And before we part, just also give us the best way that the listeners could connect with you and your team to explore some options. So like you said, the, uh, the website is next impact LLC impact is my favorite word. So it's in everything that I do. It's on my walls. <laughs> uh, and so next impact LLC is the website. Feel free to, to check that out and you can actually follow our journey towards transparency. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So Lester J Morales, it'll be the, uh, the guy who runs next impact. And my email address is lester.morales uh, at nextimpactllc.com. And, you know, my parting shot, my drop the mic moment, whatever you want to call it, is a saying that I've been saying a lot lately is you can't pay less for healthcare unless you pay less for healthcare. And it's, it's such an interesting, you know, kind of duh statement, but the reality of it is, employers continue to do the same thing. So if we're saying our buddy Albert Einstein says the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing, expecting different results. If it's the quote that you said in the beginning about Howard Schultz and Starbucks and you know that they spend more on healthcare, I really would encourage your listeners if they're employers um, or, or anybody that has influence over an employer Look at your healthcare spend. It is going to be number two, typically, right behind employee salaries. So when you talk about your human capital cost, employees plus salaries plus um, plus your your benefits cost, you spend more than any other thing. Well, people don't want to take any pay decreases. So the next thing that you can actually control, and yes, I'm telling you, healthcare is a controllable cost. We, the industry have screwed your mind thinking that you can't control this and you 100% can. So it, it's only until people think about healthcare the, the same way they think about every other consumer purchase that there's out there. We shop, we research, we ask questions. We might drive three hours to save $3,000 on a car, but the thought process of maybe going from this city to that city for the best surgeon to do my hip replacement seems asinine. Are we kidding? So, you know, again, having two parents that have uh, been through the ringer in healthcare, I would have loved these type of plans where they would have, you know, looked outside of the information that we are receiving in one geography and really expand that reach. So I would say you can't pay less for healthcare unless you pay less for healthcare. Be the change because if not, Unfortunately, you know, I don't know what the solution is and I'm not going to get into politics, but at the end of the day, I would rather create the change with the tools that we have rather than give my health care up to, to somebody else to decide. So 
man, I really appreciate this time. I, uh, I'm so glad you were on that podcast. I'm glad I was listening to it and I'm glad you returned my email. So I'm, I'm super grateful for, for you being, uh, the, the innovator and the noise maker that you are as well. Uh, I appreciate it, Lester. And, uh, folks, again, you know, the call to action is, is check, check out the, the opportunity that you could potentially have. You don't lose anything by exploring next impact LLC.com for all of the show notes and full transcript of our discussion with Lester, including the video that I'm really curious about. Adam ruins everything. <laughs> Go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in next impact and uh, you will find it all there. Lester, thank you so much, man. This has been great. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a good rest of the day.